Hey everybody, how's it going? It is Wednesday, January 20th, and you are listening to a new episode of What's Up With Danny. It's weird saying the date because I'm actually recording this the day before I release it. I'm trying to be a little productive, proactive about it. Uh, but yeah, I had to look because I forgot what today was. And then I had to say it based, I almost said what today's date was. It was weird. I'm having a brain moment right now. It's late. Cut me some slack. Uh, today's episode is with the, I, you could make the argument that they're the best band uh, of all time. But that someone's probably going to disagree with that, so I won't say that. But uh, today's guest is none other than the band Dogleg, one of my favorite bands uh, around right now. Uh, they just released, well, I say just because time is not existent anymore. And uh, <clears throat> last March feels like it was yesterday, but um, they released uh, their most recent record, I'll say, uh, last March. We talk a little bit about that. We talk about touring. We talk about their songwriting, the formation of Dogleg to where it is now, uh, signing with Triple Crown, their goals, all that, all the all the hits. We hit all the hits. Uh, we talk about few other things too. Uh, it's a fun conversation. I like I like that band. I like those guys. I like talking to them. Uh, really good guys. And if you haven't yet, or even if you have, go listen to Melee. It's fucking sick. Uh, it's a great record. One of my favorites from last year. Uh, and a lot of people's favorites. Um, yeah, it's just a real cool band. Yeah, can't say enough nice things about that band. Um, yeah danny.bruick.shows at gmail uh, if you have any comments, uh, questions, suggestions, or if you just want to talk about how great Dogleg is, my email is open for that. Uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, do all the stuff that you would do on wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, yeah, no other major things to talk about, I guess, in this intro. Listen to Hexing, listen to Tim. Tim is a band dot bandcamp.com uh, hexing at my dot bandcamp.com you can find us on uh, spotify too hexing is a lot easier to find on spotify than tim is uh i don't know if you guys know this tim is a really common name and uh when you try to look that name up on spotify you don't get my band initially so i'm gonna steer you guys if you want to listen to tim listen to him on bandcamp um, and listen to Dogleg. There's a link in the bio to listen to Dogleg on Spotify, but they're everywhere. So if you don't listen to music on Spotify, maybe you should. It's got everything. Why are you not? What's wrong with you? Uh, if, you if you're a person that's in a band that's like, oh, the Spotify sucks. Bands don't get paid enough. Yeah, you're not wrong, but look at it from the consumer perspective. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, all your songs in your pocket or in your desktop, you'd be crazy not to do it. Uh, this is not a free publicity ad for Spotify. If you hear this Spotify, um, sponsor me. That'd be dope. Or just give me a free subscription because I've paid you guys $9.99 or $10.99 or whatever it is for the last like seven years. So just putting it out there if you're listening. If you work at Spotify and you're listening to this. Maybe send an email for me or send me an email, danny.baruch.shows.gmail.com. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to wrap up this intro so you can get on with the episode with Dogleg. Enjoy.
we will go. Cool. Well, thanks for doing this again, you guys. Uh, I figure let's start off with the obvious here with COVID. What? Let's start off with what you guys were going through at the start and how you guys have sort of come to where you are now. I know that's probably a lot since it's spanned over a year now, basically, but what, what were some of your thoughts initially with the, the lockdown and realizing that things are going to slow down a little bit? Well, we had like put out a record, like right at the beginning. And yeah. we expected to like, you know, go on these tours and stuff like that and like do a big tour on this fairly like decent, like big record that we put out. And then none of that happened. And it was very <clears throat> surreal. Yeah. Like, we had a full year yeah, of plans. Like all 2020 was going to be on the road, basically. And literally the day we put out the album was the day it was declared a national emergency. So before then, we just, like, heard about it, but it, was, it wasn't, like, a big thing. Like, we were literally on our way to Seattle when they said that the first case in Seattle was showing up and all the news was kind of, like, doing light coverage on it and we were like oh that's kind of scary but like whatever things were kind of normal but as soon as we put the record out and then the days following it was like oh south by southwest is shut down um and then other festivals started shutting down and then pretty soon like nothing was happening whatsoever and we were just like what is gonna happen now like what are we gonna do and from then it's just been kind of a slow acceptance of like, yeah, we have no idea when we're going to ever be able to play a show again. We don't know even like, like we had ideas for tours that's out the window. Now single shows are in question. We don't even know if that's possible. So it's been very strange. It's been very like nightmarish, I guess. Like it, it really sucks. <laughs> Cause we, cause we spent so much time making it and we've always like joked where it's like, oh, we're, we're taking so much time with the record. Like the sun's going to explode before this record comes out. And then the record comes out and the world ends basically. <laughs> like everything just kind of stops. So it, it's, it's almost poetic. It's really weird, <laughs> but um, yeah, it just, we've been trying to figure out what to do. Like, during the time, like, we've tried our hand at streaming, we've tried making, like, videos and just, like, doing anything in terms of keeping a presence so that people can actually, like, still notice and care. And it's been successful for the most part. Like, you don't really know how to measure it against anything else because it's never yeah. happened before. <laughs> so, uh, I'd say we've kind of weathered it as well as we could have. Like there again, there's no metric at all. It's everybody's stopped. Everybody's just kind of like not sure what to do. So I'd say we've done pretty okay, <laughs> but it all sucks in general. Right. And yeah, it, I think there's this weird uh, sense where it's like, it's, it's weirdly kind of nice that everyone's going through it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard that a lot. Like, I've heard it a lot from people where they're like, you know, everybody's kind of had their world stopped. So it's not it's like, yeah. yeah, it's not like we're put behind anybody or anything like that, which is kind of nice. Like, we're all in the same boat a little bit, but mm -hmm. still sucks to go through for yeah. sure. 
what do you what do you guys think a good mentality like what or let me ask you this what what kind of mentality do you hope to have post pandemic where things are opening back up and st there's sort of a whatever that new normal is going to be what what sort of mentality do you think you you guys will have or are you kind of striving towards having i'm thinking about just like you know still trying to blow it away even though you've been away for a while yeah i mean still trying to just showing up and like there's no drop in energy at all it's like nothing even happened yeah you know? you're showing you up show up and be like oh wow this is exactly what i expected because this is what the last show was like you know what i mean just yeah. come out exactly as normal business as usual right That's yeah mentality, at least yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that <clears throat> that will be the same i think there's there's definitely going to be this weird period where people are still a little uncomfortable going out and yeah. not quite ready, but I, I feel like there's still that real high demand or want to slip back into <clears throat> a venue and just sort of watch a band or hear a band or anything like that. I, I oh, think there, sure. there's definitely gonna be that, uh, that hopefully new feeling. And I, I, one of those things where I hope people keep it, like once it starts again, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like, even though the world has kind of stopped, like people are still dying for music and they're still dying to access it and listen to it. And um, like there's been online performances, there's been stuff like that. And that's been cool. It's obviously not the same, but people are still showing up and commenting like, damn, I wish I, wish I was there. I wish I was, <laughs> this was a real show. Yeah. But at least they're still listening and still watching. So it's like, it's not like people are like, oh, there's no music anymore. Well, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, that's not, they're still dying for it. So whenever it comes back, it's going to be like satisfying. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't want to uh, push on the COVID stuff too much because everybody's probably sick of hearing about it and talking about it anyway. But uh, let's uh, let's start off talking about well, let's talk about Dogleg. Let's talk about how you guys got together, how you started. What, what, what? Well, first off, where did you guys come up with the name Dogleg? Uh, I'll start with that question, and then why? Like, what made you guys even start playing together? Uh, so, uh, the last song on the first Bearverse Shark record is called "Broken Dogleg," and I thought Dogleg was a cool name. Nobody took it, so just used it to put out like the first uh, album, I guess. And um, it started with just me. Like that's just kind of how the story went. And then I went through a couple lineup changes and now it's me, Chase, Parker and Jacob. And it's been, how many months? How many months is it? A year? It's been like two years. It's been about two years with that lineup and it's the, it's, <laughs> like it's version four or five of the band and it's like the definitive version of everything now so we're all writing together we're all like working together all the songs that we've had that are old we've like updated it so that we play with four people instead of just me trying to do everything it's really cool it, it's 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 exciting it's fun <laughs> and i'm having a ball yeah <laughs> yeah it's great yeah one well, one thing I have to, about the name uh, isn't it crazy that people are still coming up with band names? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. like the the <laughs> the the amount of bands that are named after bands are pretty funny. Like the um, 
this one band that I recently became friends with on Twitter is called See Through Person, which is named after yeah. Bakamura. And they're like, oh, you guys are awesome. And I'm just like, wow, isn't it cool that we're both named after really sick bands? And they're like, hey, hell yeah. So it's kind of funny. See through yeah, I just, I always really appreciate when I see one, I'm like, oh, wow, how did no one ever think of that? Yeah, like, yeah. When it just really has that original feel yeah. to it. Um, but yeah, so with this with this current lineup how, how long did it take you guys to sort of get comfortable playing together or writing together oh it was playing together it was literally immediate. like a week yeah it was immediate like like uh with every iteration it was just basically like me and parker for a little bit and then me parker and chase and then now it's me parker chase and jacob and every time somebody was added it's like yeah this makes sense this is working this is perfect it, we all just basically are kind of on the same page when it comes to where we want to go and what we want to make. So it just makes things kind of seamless in terms of like when we had to go through a change and add a member, basically. Hmm. Um, so what when so what when you started playing and you started dogleg became dogleg. What what did you have in mind as what you ex, what your expectations were if you even had any? Like <laughs> what did you what did you want out of that? I guess. Um, so basically I, I was coming out of an old, uh, high school band where like I had a bunch of ideas that were going in a totally different direction. Like I was leaning more like punk and the other people were leaning towards like garage rock, like blues rock type stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm, obviously I need to write these songs on my own. So I did that. I just did it with borrowed equipment, just did it like trying to make the make it sound as best as I could without basically paying anything and that was kind of it there's no real like expectation of like oh yeah like blogs are totally going to talk about you know no, none of that it's just like I'm going to put it online share it with friends hopefully like people like it and hopefully I can get a band together one day and play shows and eventually after like years of working on it and trying um i asked uh parker and chase i was like hey do you guys want to like try and play these songs with me we got together immediately wrote uh remember all around the ep because we were just like all right we're on the same page let's write it and that just kind of synergized really quickly and it kind of became more of a real band <laughs> from there and then from there, people were actually like starting to give a shit. Like people were like, oh yeah, like these guys are awesome. This is cool. And then we we're like, okay, let's set our sights on making a full album and making something even bigger and more like important. But like at this whole time, we were just like, our recording budget was literally $0. Like we used everything borrowed. We were like just trying as hard as we could just with the stuff we had. And it was super cool. It was super like down to earth everything was recorded at home um so it's really wild to see just how many people actually give a shit now from an album that we like recorded in our basement and garage like that's so mm. cool so we, we would have never dreamed it in a million years but we were like hoping for it you know in the back of our minds so it's crazy to see it happen and manifest hell yeah uh what what was that first show like? <laughs> the first show I ever played, uh, it was me and a looper pedal in some bar in Ypsilanti. I took the bus to get there because I didn't, 
yeah, I didn't have my car. Um, I don't even think I could drive yet because I was 17. Um, and I played to a bunch of like random people. There was like about six or seven people there. It was really awkward. <laughs> they were like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. Like, good job. Like, thanks. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay. Like at least I played a show, you know, like at least it happened. And then, uh, the first show with Parker was at the blind pig. Cause in Ann Arbor, just cause out of nowhere, they were like, Hey, yeah, we'll put you on like a Thursday night gig. Played at like midnight to like another 10 people. It was really weird. <laughs> like mostly awkward times and then when we played our first show uh me parker and chase it was way more sick it was like oh yeah like we actually have a formation <laughs> we have a like cohesive unit and then me parker chase and jacob our first show was dude we played was it that? yeah it was at metal friend metal it friend. was at metal friend and yeah. we didn't tell anybody we didn't also. tell, yeah, we didn't, we didn't tell, tell anybody. Yeah. We, I just kind of like, I, one of my other bands like played before yeah. and I just like left my kit set up. And then <laughs> I remember Jake Reese came up to me and was like, he was like, yo, so uh, yeah, you left your kit up. Are you like, like what's going on? Like <laughs> who's playing drums and like, is Parker not playing drums? And I was like, I don't know, dude, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. And then I just, and then the show started and I was back there and everyone was like, what, what, what? what? <laughs> it was super sick. It was awesome. Again, another moment of just where it just Everyone felt was like, like what does this happen? This yeah. is crazy. Everything just felt like it was in the right place. Nice. Do you look back on some of those shows that were a little bit like, like you say, you played for 10 people and it was just kind of awkward and yeah. like, do you look back on those and sort of have like a, an, an appreciation for how that went compared to what you guys are doing now? Yeah. I, I mean, I would say like, I would consider that putting in the work. Like, yeah. I would be like, I would be nowhere if I didn't play alone to 10 people in a random bar or if I didn't play a weird acoustic set to a, like in a restaurant, you know, like, even though it was really awkward and really weird and I was like, probably like the loudest performer there, like, it was worth it because now we're actually doing stuff and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't not do it. And I'm. I'm happy to have done it and kind of just gone through the weird awkwardness and just did it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I really, I do love hearing, you, you always hear, you know, bands that become, you know, famous or world, world known, you know, you hear about those little hell gigs that they played when yeah. they first started, you know, in a, in a random bar or, a, you know, someone's basement. I, I remember seeing bands play in basement with that, like with shit on the ground, like, <laughs> and I think about, oh, if these bands get huge, they're going to talk about the shows they played in the basement with shit on the ground. Like, I, I love hearing those uh, those stories. Um, yeah, I love playing it. I like being on the same level as the audience. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. That's definitely I, I, That means a lot to me. Yeah, we, we, played, we played a show for somebody's birthday, and they were literally the only one there by the time we played. We played at, like, 1 a.m., holy shit and it was awesome it was <laughs> like i look back on that and i was like that's sick i'm glad we did that you know it wasn't like a no it's stupid but like you know you're putting in the work you're having fun you're doing it you're doing it because you love it not because oh you know like <laughs> you have to do it you gotta play you gotta be your own basement hell for a long time when you play in bands you know yeah. 
You gotta love it. But at the same time, it's basement heaven, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Basement heaven. I like that. Make um, your own basement heaven. Yes. <laughs> So what, let's let's talk about that for a second. So you guys mentioned putting in the work. What what do you think like a band that's at your level currently? Like what what is what does that mean to you guys? Like putting in the work. What do you guys consider to be like you know like as your band establishes? What do you consider being the work that is worthy of being put into this? You know. Oh, I would say playing. <laughs> playing gigs you yeah, know yeah like, i was gonna like, say i'd say like, play a shit ton of shows yeah like a anybody that asks me for like advice and stuff on like how do you how did you guys get to where you are and my answer is always like we just played a shit ton of gigs yeah. we just played as many gigs as we could to as many people to as many people as we could we try and branch out as much as we could like within within reason um we <laughs> try and uh, give people respect for coming to see us because like, you know, it's not, it, it's, it, we're grateful to have people come and see us. And so not acting like, like you, you are owed like somebody's view or somebody's mm. care towards you, you know, just doing it because you love it, doing it because you think it's, it's fun to you, yeah. and it's important to you. You know, that, that's what I would say is putting in the work. Like, like you just got to make sure it's important to you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's that's the main thing. I Not think. neglecting the little things. Yeah. When do you guys think those mindsets sort of started to sit in? I, I remember talking to people, you know, when they first started playing or even when I first started playing and the idea of playing a show meant something that was a lot different to me than what it means now. Or just like playing music is it means like when do you when do you think those ideals sort of started to sink in or sit into your heads? when i was like nine years old yeah <laughs> when i was like nine years old i was like i'm gonna be a drummer in some facet like whether it's like a session drummer or a live rock or a punk drummer or whatever fuck drummer i'm gonna be drumming later like as a career in some facet in the future when i was like nine years old i i would say <clears throat> um in terms of like the mentality it kind of set in when you see people like care and you see people like come up to you and like tell you how much it means to them for you to have played and stuff like that yes, it's like too. it's like like it <laughs> when you're starting out you never would guess like somebody would give a shit and then somebody does and you're like wow you know like i should do this more i should put more stock into this rather than just be like whatever about it because i've seen bands that <laughs> we've <laughs> we've played with bands that would literally flex on stage and say like oh we didn't practice now we're gonna play and it's like no who cares like why are you doing that like, you, who cares if you didn't practice whereas like we're sitting here and we're like we're gonna practice as much as we can so we can basically play it in our sleep so that whenever we have to play a show we're ready to go it's 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 like second nature yeah we literally practice like shows like we you know yeah. I mean? it, it, there's like a saying it, it's mostly in sports but it applies here too it's like you practice like you play yeah you know what i'm saying so that's exactly what is like with us yeah it's just you got to take it seriously yeah well and i think there's something to be said about that um i i like going on stage and saying you know oh if this sounds bad or we didn't practice or this might not so there's a certain like confidence that you need to have where you that makes you not say things like that because people yeah. really don't know what you sound like most of the time so if you just go and you play and you play well or even if you don't play well they might not really hear the difference 
this idea that you're kind of setting yourself up for people to just assume that you're going to play poorly uh there's like that certain mentality i see i've seen bands do it a lot and uh you know it's usually pretty funny people laugh it off but uh yeah it just seems like there's definitely that you can you can see the different bands with the mentality that they sort of have on stage where it's it's there's like that loose confidence in there somewhere yeah yeah and and the presentation is really everything like if you're gonna present yourself as somebody who doesn't really care like that can work for you you know that can work if that's the type of like sound you're trying to go for you know like there's there's hundreds of punk bands that have literally made a living off of doing that mm. but you have to own that like persona like that that you have to put importance into that you know and it can't just be like uh oh we literally didn't practice we literally do not care like no like <laughs> you have to make that your thing and make it be good and be good at it you know it, it's can't it can't just be a i I actually don't really care that much about this. Why am I even doing this? Because because then why why are we watching? You know why why <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta care. Now I kind of I do want to talk to you guys about your live shows um, because I you know I've seen you guys a handful of times, uh, notably you know the Bloodfest of or the last Bloodfest, um, the show after Bloodfest that happened. I think it was at the Metal Frat. Yep. That was at Metal Fret, yeah. And uh, that Pyramid Scheme show that we we played with you guys, you know, yeah, it, yeah. See, seeing you guys in front of those crowds and seeing like the crowd reaction and seeing all these things and you're like from the outside perspective as another band in the area, I'm like, these guys are really crushing it right now. They're they're picking up some steam and like this, this is very awesome to see. And I, I think, well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you feel a lot of support from like the community within the music scene like from other bands i would yeah oh yeah a hundred percent yeah like see a lot of support from other a bands. lot a lot of times when i was when we were like starting out and we were playing like i was totally looking up to these bands that have been in here for like long like like just all the bands that were kind of older than us and knew the ropes like i really really respected them because not only did they know more than me? Like I they grinded they, super hard. They grinded know? super hard, and yeah. you could tell. And the other thing is, is that they were super duper respectful and very nice. And they never made us feel like we weren't allowed or we were outsiders or like like what we were doing sucked or whatever. You know, like I never really got that um, feeling of like a band just not being inviting or the scene not being inviting which is like a blessing you know you, you can't really say that for a lot of other places sometimes but but it's really cool to be a part of that here yeah. because like it, yeah, it's, it's good here. it helps with what you're doing it helps with caring more and being able to actually like call these people friends instead of being like oh they're just in another band definitely you know? makes you give a shit because you start caring about your homies yeah and you're like exactly wow, i'm playing a show like with the homies i don't want to let them down yeah you see your friends you see you see them supporting you they become your friends you support them it just kind of like cycles back into each other yeah. it's super positive yeah no i i love all of that yeah i definitely feel very blessed to have been have grown up in this just in this music community that we have in Michigan because it's I mean I feel like I've seen how good it is you know 
Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely bizarre. It makes yeah. no sense, right? Because yeah, every band is so good. It's it's so cool because like it's not just one genre of music. Like it's not necessarily just emo or just punk or just like it's all genres. All genres have achieved success. Ev everybody is trying to do their own thing and nobody is ever saying like, "Oh, you sh like you're not this enough. You're not emo enough. You're not punk enough, or whatever. You know, like literally, <laughs> when we were playing with uh, Bars of Gold, who are way older than us, we were like, like the guy sat down with me and talked to me about like, hey, like how's it going? Like talk to me like a person, you know. And this is this is somebody who I looked up to for so long in terms of like guitar playing and guitar style, and like he's just talking to me like I'm like I'm a human being, like I'm a person, and I'm like. I don't think I would ever get that anywhere else, you know, like it's, it's a really, really cool and really unique part of where we are. Yeah. Let, let I want to, let me ask you about that for a second. Cause I, I know, you know, we're just talking within the Michigan scene and it's, you know, it's, it's not like it's, you know, the whole, <clears throat> the whole music industry or anything, but did, was it, was it strange for you guys to play, start playing with these bands that you looked up to or that you kind of took influence from and, like and see them as peers rather than see them as bands that were on this other tier than you guys oh yeah a hundred percent like <laughs> I, I again i would have never dreamed it you know like it, it was something that like when i was younger i would just be like oh i would always want to do that you know that's really cool and now it's like oh yeah we're talking about it like it's in real terms you know and i'm just like holy holy shit like I, i'm not even <laughs> fully processing that and just trying to keep my cool yeah like all right so let's now with the live shows what do you what's your mentality before going into a show because your your sets have always or at least from the shows that i've seen you guys play have always had this energy and this uh this you know mannered chaos i guess mm -hmm. where like you you're all rehearsed and you're very good at what you're playing but there's this chaos between you and the audience and there's this this energy that you kind of feel just watching, like, is that something you guys try to, I, I won't say force, but you try to make a point of getting that when you guys play? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Like, I, every time I play, I play 110%. That's, that's it. Like, I don't give a fuck if I don't play the part exactly as it's recorded. I don't give a fuck if I play it the same way twice. I'm playing it as hard as I possibly can. And I don't care like how it's going to come out. You know, I, I do just, the same thing. I, I just care different every time. Yeah. I just care if it's, if it has as much emotion in it as possible. And I want that to show because that's like, like that's what matters to me is how, how, <laughs> how much emotion you're putting into it because that's how much you're going to get back, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and Sometimes, like, we've played shows where the crowd doesn't come back to us, you know, or the crowd doesn't get it, but who cares? We're playing it, you know? We're making sure that it is it is our own world, basically, of going hard. <laughs> nice, yeah, like, it's sort of like, so sort of like a mentality where, like, if they don't get it, at least you guys get it, and that's yeah. really what matters to you guys. Yes, yeah, I mean, like, like, it's... <laughs> It's every show is super cathartic, you know, and it, and it's a real type of catharsis, you know, like 
uh, I'll be like manifesting like shitty things that have happened. And it's like, all right, we're going to, we're going to let it out now. Like, that's, what's going to happen. It's not fake. It's not bullshit. Like this is, this is it. This is, <laughs> this is the real shit. <laughs> Nice. Now, what is, what do you guys, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever had one even, but what do you guys, what would you consider a bad show? Oh, we've, there's one distinct bad show that I remember, but that was like everything bad happened at once, like technical (laughs) issues, the crowd not getting it. And then like, just like, not like at the end, we were all just kind of like, why did we do that? But it was, uh, we were playing like some Yule ball or whatever for, uh, for University of Michigan. Like, you know, those, uh, it's like a Christmas type, like Harry Potter gathering. Somebody that we knew asked us, hey, hey, do you want to be like the house band? We're like, sure, why not? So we go there and we set up, they hand us a microphone. It's a wireless microphone. And we're like, what's this? Where's the PA? And they're like, oh, it's like, it's one of those like, uh um like presenter pas you know the speakers are within the room and we're like no 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 that that's that's that is not going to be possible for what we're playing <laughs> so we had to run over to metal frat pick up a real pa bring it back that took about 30 minutes to set up and get ready started playing song 1 everybody's like hell yeah song 2 ah. song 3 no claps after it song four the fucking the fucking center of the room was like empty like people were not like were really not vibing with it and so (laughs) song five we were just like like at this point we were just like okay nobody's fucking clapping nobody cares let's just let's just call it off (laughs) i think we played like six songs total and then just left and we were just kind of at the end we were just kind of like well fuck it who cares we're going to south by next week <laughs> like like fuck that like i don't care it was it was very much like a well i don't know why that happened but it happened so what you know now we have a worst show story <laughs> nice. but uh, yeah but other than that like like no not really any shows were like crappy in that same way like that was just kind of a mix of every single bad thing happening yeah i mean there's shows where just like i'll just have some flubs and i'll be like damn i wish it yeah. club. you know but that... like i mean usually i'm pretty good at like picking up like right like where yeah you know I usually i'm pretty good at picking it back up so like i i try not to worry too much about those but you know yeah if you're fl- if you're flubbing like you're making punk music fuck it yeah you, dude, you know, that's... You're not, <laughs> exactly you're not, you're not trying to play beautiful you're not trying to play perfect yeah i did so i just try not to let those bother me too much otherwise there isn't like one show in particular that was like wow that was a disaster yeah so far i mean we've had our share of technical issues and stuff but we don't let that hinder our performance that much yeah like literally prove that on the on uh, we went on this tour in december where everybody's shit was just breaking all yeah the time. literally all of our shit usually breaks like and it didn't take away from any of those performances per show uh, in my opinion yeah we we use it to our advantage we played the shit out of the show on that tour for sure yeah <clears throat> what are what are the shows like for you guys in comparison to when you play a michigan gig you know somewhere like the loving touch or the pyramid scheme or something like that versus you know going out on the road and playing in a city you've never played before what do you guys have um different fe- feels with that like learning a new city learning a new audience is that has that been sort of challenging for you guys at all i don't think it's been challenging i feel like everywhere people like get it 
you know, like people, people usually get it, but I think we've talked about this before where it's like in Michigan, people get it because they know us like literally they, they know the songs, they know the words, they're able to sing it back. They get it. They're the ones that are going the hardest. We go to another city where people have never heard of us and they don't know the words and they don't know the lyrics. We notice like, Oh, they're going hard and they're dancing, but they don't know the stops. They don't know like the special parts. They they're learning it, you know? And so it's like, Oh, it's cool. And we, we understand that they get it and they want to get it. So like, it's a very like interesting thing to see. Cause we're just like, Oh shit. You know, like they want to, they want to be a part of it and they're gonna, they're gonna get there eventually. And that's what I'm excited to see when we're able to play shows again, because it's like so many people have listened to the new record. Now it's like, okay, how are people going to react to it now? Like who's going to be singing the words back more? Is it going to be people in Michigan or is it going to be people somewhere we don't even know? You know, we've, we've literally seen videos of people um, in Russia and their band is covering like three or four of our songs. And we're just like, fuck, like, Hell yeah. <laughs> how can we <laughs> like, I didn't even know that that was like even a possibility. It's so cool. So it's like, it's, it's always, <laughs> it's always cool to see how people outside of the state really reacts to us. But I think it's going to be totally different with having like this record out and having people being exposed to it on such a big scale. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that you mentioned that. And I do want to, I want to talk about melee and I want to talk about uh, like having the year off to sort of have that out into the world. But with, I, I do want to keep talking about the, touring and shows a little bit not like do you guys feel like as though when you go into a new city it's your opportunity to sort of win them over or prove that you deserve to be there oh yeah oh yes 100 percent. yeah yeah you that's whenever we play to a new place it's like we're we're there to show what we got you know it's not like again we're never playing a show and being like oh we don't care we didn't practice blah 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 it's always always 110 you know always just like this is going to be the time where we're gonna like show off exactly what we're <laughs> what we're made of you know and it's and it's cool because usually afterwards people get it and it's and it's awesome to see like when we played uh california most of those cities that we played people were like fuck yeah this is so sick oh my god and it was just like hell yeah i'm i'm, I'm glad i'm happy <laughs> I'm happy that they get it. Hell yeah. Um, now with, now when, when was the release date for Melee? March 13th. Okay, so we are coming up on a little bit of a year. Now, what's, yeah. what's interesting about the, you know, COVID and everything, like now you've had this whole, basically a year off without playing, you know, trying to stay relevant online, but right. people are hungry for content to pass the time and stay, you know, uh, uh, I'm not able to find the word at the moment, but they just yeah. want they just want to be entertained. And so, having had a year for people to listen to the record, and it, and it from what I've seen, it seems like it was very well received. Um, and and I tell you what, a couple of the songs on it were actually in my top hundred oh. uh, Spotify songs, awesome. which yeah, I, which I thought was really cool. Uh, just because like, it you know you you expect you don't expect to see, like. A, like a local band to be in yeah, someone's hundred yeah. songs, but like 
but I guess for my, for me, I do listen to a lot of local bands cause I see them often and yeah. whatnot, but still like, I just, I like to see, I was happy to see that when I saw it at the end of the year. But when you, when you guys do start to play shows, do you kind of, are you still, do you think you'll still go in with that same mentality of having to prove something? Or do you think the oh, next yeah. time around you'll, it might be a little bit easier playing some of those markets because people have had the opportunity to get to know your songs a little better and they might be able to, you know, interact a little bit more cohesively with what you've released. Uh, I would say that the fact that we haven't been able to even play any shows this year is like a testament to how much more we have to perform like for these people and actually show them like this is this record is only 50% of what you've actually seen of this band you know like that's so I'd say that that mentality is going to be a little bit like exaggerated because we're like hey you know we're not gonna sh we're not gonna <laughs> I, I I don't want anybody out there to like think that we're just like just some like pitchfork core band that decided to get pushed up it's like no we're we're putting in the work we're putting in the shit we're gonna show you exactly how we come here to play you know it's not gonna be yeah. no bullshit I feel like uh every time you get on stage regardless if it's in front of one or one thousand people you always have something to prove yeah a hundred percent so I think yeah. it I think it'll be cool if people do know the words and that's that's gonna be awesome but like I'm still gonna I'm still going to do flips and shit, you know, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to just like let them carry it for me because I want, I want them to know that they get, they're getting what they paid for basically, you know, they're getting exactly how we play, you know? Yeah. I like, I like the way that you guys are answering these questions just because you, you, you all just really sound like you're in a good spot performance wise and music wise and like, you really seem to understand what it is that you want out of performing. Like, I, I do like, I appreciate when people say like, when it's more for them, right? You know? Like, I, I think there's something to that when, if you create art and you, you go in with this expectation that you're kind of just doing it for yourself. And if other people like it, that's great. And yeah. you, you know, you want to give them an experience too, but ultimately it, I like the way that you guys sort of sound like you all really are on the same page and, uh, know what all of you guys want as a unit yeah. Oh, yeah and honestly i do agree with that sentiment as well you know it's like like making the record we were like we're gonna put our all into this and if people like it great if if it doesn't get the reception like that's fine if it becomes a cult classic that's fine you know we just want to make it as best as we can make it and that and that's what we did and people caught on which is like an added bonus you know, it's not like we were expecting anything. We were just like, we're just going to try our hardest. And it happens to work out, which is really, which is really, we're, we're super grateful for it. And it's awesome. Now, now with Melee, I, I seen you guys post, I, this was a while back, maybe a few months ago or last month or something, but, uh, you know, you, you had posted sort of the accolades in which you had received, you know, top 50 right, on right, right. this chart, top song, top album, you know. Yeah. when you guys are starting to see those things like what what what's your initial reaction to something like that holy shit <laughs> what the fuck uh, <laughs> like yeah it's like it makes you created something that you should be proud of yeah it's just like 
we, we always see it and we're like okay awesome that's cool you know like it, it it's at the beginning we were like this it's unexpected like we're we're again no like preconceptions of anything except for we have a really solid record you know and we hope people catch on to it and seeing people like talk about it on that are on such high scales it's like wow that's that's awesome i'm i'm glad that they get it so ultimately does that like as cool as that is does it it doesn't change the way you guys do anything right because with with this record i mean obviously it's been well received people really seem to like it what do you think that changes the way that you look at writing the next record at all um i hope not <laughs> i don't know like i'm usually more um sensitive to like negative commentary than i am to positive commentary so like i <laughs> i i'm the I'm the shitty downer guy in the group chat who's always sending the oh look at who look at who made a mean comment about us in in the group chat and like as as much as I want to say like ah the, fuck those comments but like some of them are like ah you know you got some valid criticisms like like lyrics could be improved or something like that you know and it's like okay you know maybe I'll have to think about that a little bit when writing when writing the new stuff but we've only started trying to write new songs like a few months ago, like trying to write new songs during COVID during a time where you can't even play on your like debut record. That's hard. You know, like <laughs> it's extremely hard to try and just write new songs after everything that's been going on. I also on. feel like, I also feel like testing new songs on a home crowd is also like a can be a major key part of yes, writing a song. 100%. Honestly. We So like without having like hometown gigs to be playing in the meantime, like it's tough to like, you know, yeah come up with something that we're sure is going to be, you know, a knockout, you know? Yeah, literally all the Melee songs we've been playing for, like, two-ish years before actually releasing the record. So, like, we've had time to kind of hone them live and really, like, hammer down the exact, like, specifications that we want them to be performed. And we are now trying to make new stuff and just not being able to actually like play it live and see like, okay, well, how did that feel, you know, in the context of a live situation rather than just us in the basement trying to hash it out. I think that's important for us specifically. Oh yeah, for sure. Now with the, with that sort of like seeing, being a little more sensitive to negative, uh, like comments about from your songs from other people, what is that? Do you guys ever feel like a sense of, you know, within yourselves, this sort of like, oh, these songs aren't good, or like, what What can I do to make this song better? Like, is there ever any, like, when you write your songs, how, how long does it take for one song to feel like it's whole? Like, like oh. do you kind of get in your own way a little bit, or does it sort of come naturally? It really depends, it depends. honestly. Like, like um, some songs were like, this is, this is ready to go kind of quickly, because we were like, all on the same page about it, and all on the same page about like, this part's hype, this is ready. Like Fox, we were like trying to work on something and then in 10 minutes we had it because we were like, this riff sounds great. Here's a, here's a quick structure, it works out. Mm -hmm. But other songs, it's just like, you know, it's it's hard to really make it sound the the way you want it and make, make it feel the right way. Like I really know when a song is done when 
I just have it stuck in my head for like the next two or three days after listening to it. And I'm just like, all right, like that riff is good because it's still there. You know, it's still present. And it's, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's like, (laughs) it takes longer for it to process. And sometimes it takes longer for it to sink in. Uh, In terms of thinking songs are bad. uh, No, (laughs) like, I, I'm super proud of our songs. I'm I'm very proud of our songs. There's there's a lot of times where I'll get in my own head about like negative shit, and I'll just be like, ah, oh, you know, maybe they are right and it is bad, but it's like, no, deep down, it's not bad. You know, it's good. I'm super proud of it. We made really dope shit, <laughs> and oh, I, oh. fuck the haters. You know. <laughs> Do you now what? Now with your like the where you guys are right now currently as a band on social media, do you guys, is there, is that, does that happen somewhat often or at all where you get people who are just ruthlessly like unnecessarily mean to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. We we've had, (laughs) we've had our share of, uh, of punishers online. Yeah. Like, like there's, there's, there's people that have like followed us and just been mean. And it's just like, Oh, another, comment from this person who gives a fuck it's like what are you even doing here you know but like the, with me? the most interesting thing i see is like somebody saying like oh they got a high score on pitchfork i'm never gonna listen to them it's like bro like come on like like that that's just ridiculous like that's not quirky you know, you know that's you're just, not edgy that's just silly you're not any of these you know? things you're aiming to be with this remark yeah it's like yeah most of those people are just like oh you know they're just being edgelords doesn't really <laughs> It doesn't really exactly matter. What's happening. Like what what matters to me is when like somebody actually has like real things to say. You know, if they're just like, hey, you know, it's a five out of ten for me. Here's what I liked. Here's what I didn't like. I'm like, all right, you listened. You listened Thank and you. you gave you gave some insight. Cool, awesome. Not for everybody. Yeah, negative criticism for me is just like I really don't care one way or the other because if you like it, awesome. And if not, well then you listen. So yeah. thanks. You listened, and if you no, don't, you. if you don't get it, go listen to something you like. Who cares? Yeah, go listen to don't, something you like. Don't be a punisher online about it though, and talk about how much Pitchfork sucks. Because who cares? You know. <laughs> that that sort of has to make you guys feel a little bit good though, just in the sense that people are taking time out of their day to talk shit about your band. <laughs> in a sense, yeah. like they didn't have to do that. You know, they really wanted to, though. So you guys are relevant enough. Yeah. People are sort of coming out of nowhere with these insults or these. It's a strange, strange feeling. You know, it's a very. Make me stronger. Yeah. (laughs) Very strange thing to be like seeing. It's like, oh, shit. Like, they really care. (laughs) They really. They They care about not liking us because it's a hot take. They put time into (laughs) that. All right. Where do you guys think the hate for Pitchfork comes in? Because I do see oh, that a lot on Twitter as well. I mean, Pitchfork has had an anti-emo bias since, like, the 90s. Yeah. So it's, like, I think a lot of people see them as, like, a, like... An enemy to the genre. And, and not necessarily enemy to the genre, but, like, they're trying to pull, like, a mea culpa for uh, pop music, for emo music for like all these things that they previously were like oh this is a two out of ten this is ah, a one out of ten you know ah, now they're like a, they're like a, oh you know we actually emo good emo good you know <laughs> pop good so like, i don't know where they're like hey you know what we actually like emo sorry yeah. for ragging on it for 20 years yeah so everybody's just kind of like 
ah, oh, fuck Pitchfork, well, they're so stupid. But the reality that's is... That's kind of understandable, I will say. That is kind of understandable. It's understandable, but the reality is there's literally new writers now that yeah. like different things. Mm-hmm. So it's like feelings change, you know? Like, And people are just like, no, fuck Pitchfork, they always have the same opinions, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, nah, dude, it's new writers who are younger. Their opinions have actually completely 180 from the yeah, last Yeah, they've years. changed. <laughs> the literal people that have been reading Pitchfork and saying fuck fuck pitchfork are now writing at pitchfork <laughs> doing the doing the work trying to make it like actually good again trying so to get like, the emo records that they like yeah you know the recognition that they deserve i guess yeah like I, I don't know i don't i don't like to like cape for music like critics or anything like that but it's like if people care enough to write about music like that's cool yeah that's cool. you know good for them mm-hmm. you know that's fine <laughs> Well, and it's got to feel weird, I mean, somewhat seeing, you know, reviews of your albums in on places like Pitchfork or Billboard yeah. or things like that. Like, that, that that has to have some sort of strange feeling, whether or not it's good or bad, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, like getting a good review or getting a bad review from those places is like, like, damn, they talked about us. That's awesome. You know, they mentioned us. Yeah, do, do you guys notice any uptick in sort of your following during those times where you do get a review on say pitchfork or something and you you get an uptick in your plays or your follows or things like that yeah the 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 best new music definitely was like a boom when when that came in we were just like holy shit and it was just getting shared around like crazy so again super grateful for that didn't expect it at all but it was really cool to see. It was, it was awesome, and people seem to agree, which is the which is the even cooler part. The cooler part to me is when the fans kind of look at it and they're like, "Hell yeah, they're right for once," you know. Like a lot of comments I saw were like, "Damn, Pitchfork got it right this time," and I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'm glad," you know. I'm glad that they agree that it's good and they're not just being fucking losers and be like, "I know they're wrong" or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see that not only is the review nice, but the fan response is even nicer. Like the fan response is even more positive, which is way more important to me. Nice. What What do you guys feel as though, because I talk a lot about social media on this and I'll ask different people that come on, you know, how they use it to benefit themselves or how it might use it to sort of their downfall almost. Mm-hmm. Um, what what does social media play a part in your band even whether it's just you know tweeting you know a song link or something silly once in a while or even just like planning out how you're going to release you know a music video or some sort of you know piece that gets published on your band like what what do you guys sort of take into account when you're thinking about those things um well earlier like I never really put too much stock into social media. Chase was way better at it than I was. So like he would make the jokes and like get a bunch of likes and I'd just be like, we have a show today. And it was just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of like very whatever. That's so you know? funny to do that. You can always tell who's tweeting. Yeah, yeah. But nowadays it's like, it's like, all right, we got to have like kind of a plan because we want to make whatever we're going to be talking about a big splash, you know, like, if it's a music video, let's post something about it a week before. Let's kind of be like mindful of it and stuff. Um, the 
the split EP. We had that fun little like, uh, let's do fake beef because the internet loves that shit. Like the internet thinks the internet will think it's real. It's yeah, hilarious. yeah, you know. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like we can kind of figure out like, all right, like we can get people's interest in some way through this. So funny, they dropped and, a song and then we dropped a song and there were people like, oh, what are you doing covering their songs after you beat with this? Yeah, like, yeah. You don't get it, do you? Yeah. It's so funny. But it's interesting because I feel like now it's like, oh, we're kind of trying to be a little bit more in the um, Twitter world, you know? But the thing is, is that because of COVID, you have to be, you know? It's, 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 kind of a shot in the foot if you're not active on twitter and you're trying to be a band in covid you know you can't do anything without being able to talk to your fans or talk to just anybody online so we've kind of had to learn how to like transition to being a bit of an internet band a little bit and just try and get more fan engagement that way but um i don't know we're always learning we're always just (laughs) kind of doing whatever i guess like the one thing that we try and do is like, if we're posting about something, we're just trying to be like honest, you know, we're just trying to be goofy in ourselves and fun. And I feel like that just (laughs) shines through, I guess. And we're just trying to show as much of ourselves as we can, kind of like we play when we play a a live and stuff like that. Yeah, it is interesting with COVID because the way content sort of falls through the cracks now with with internet it, it is kind of, it does seem like now is the best time ever to sort of stay relevant um and with people you know not being able to really do anything uh but there it's it's interesting like with twitter twitter's so strange to me because you can tweet the dumbest thing in the world and, and yeah you'll <laughs> see it in meme form in two hours you know like it, it's it's crazy and then you know you you even if you think you have it figured out and you plan this thing out you you use all the hot words and all the, you know, hashtags and everything, you do everything right. And then it's, it gets nothing. And, you know, it's this interesting thing where you're always kind of having to figure it out as you go. Like, do you think you have it somewhat figured out at all? Or do you think it's, you just kind of have to keep adapting to whatever people are talking about that day? Uh, I have, I have no idea how it works. (laughs) Like I, sometimes I just post, like a random thing and it just gets a bunch of likes and it's like all right cool like i don't know if that's because it's cool or if it's because people are following us and we just have a bunch of followers like it 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 doesn't really make sense to me mm-hmm. but like <laughs> we're just trying it out you know it's 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 uh there's no formula you know there's there's no concrete way of being like all right like if we post on the exact friday at 7 p.m this many people will see it and it'll get this many likes like no we're just gonna throw out a tweet whenever you know Mm -hmm. and if it's about something important maybe we'll make a little bit of a plan around it but who who the fuck knows you know (laughs) who knows if it's gonna actually get any traction yeah it's and i know like there there are people out there whose job it is to figure out they do those analytics and figure out what, why tweets or why posts on social media are popular. But yeah, it sort of seems like you, if you're just yourself, maybe that's the best way yep. to really go about it. Yep. If you're, just, if you're just screwing around and you're just being yourself, you'll get likes, I guess. I don't know. If you make a funny joke and people think you're funny, people are going to say you're funny online. 
Now, one thing I do, we don't have to nail this into the ground too much. It's just something because it's relevant to the society we live in today with For where, sure. you know, everything is sort of politicized really, no matter what it is. Sure. And, and you, and you know, the way that, you know, punk music has sort of always been that, you know, catalyst for people who are, you know, I, I don't want to say marginalized because that doesn't feel like the right word to use, but uh, yeah, like what, what sort of things do you guys try to do or do you feel like you need to do to use your platform to sort of lift up people, especially in today's time where like it's so important to continue to lift up people and give people a platform like how, how do, do you guys ever take that into account when you're on social media uh i think what really set us off was uh like the george floyd pro protests and stuff like that because like right when that happened we were just kind of like all right let's shift to doing a bunch of charitable things like as much as possible like we all the all the unique stuff that we had coming out we're like all right we're gonna donate pretty much all of this we're gonna really like place importance on that because it's like when something is happening and <laughs> and you're in the community and you're not doing anything about it and you're calling yourself a punk band like that's stupid you gotta do something you can't just sit back and just like watch it happen like it's just kind of silly so mm -hmm. like we we were just trying as much as we could to be like okay like let's use this as a positive thing and like we all went to protests and stuff like that, you know, like we, we're, we're <laughs> trying to do as much as we can, but it's interesting because like, I guess in the emo sphere, like, even though it's like a subgenre of punk, it's a very personal thing. Like you're talking about super personal and like, I guess kind of like inward thoughts and feelings. And that's what the album is all about is like, all about like personal struggles and stuff. So it's interesting to have to like change it to kind of an outward perspective of like what's happening in the world around you, you know? Mm. And how can you how can you help people like that? And one thing that I've always hoped for at least when writing the album was like I hope that people that have anxiety, have depression, have these kinds of thoughts and feelings can at least connect with this in some way and like gain a sense of understanding from like what is being talked about you know and what what's being done on the record so i feel like we kind of we kind of try and lend ourselves to that emo crowd and in real action like real terms we've been trying to help with things that have been going on recently now and i've had this conversation like off off the podcast or on the podcast with other other people in bands and stuff and mm -hmm. It's, I, I do some occasionally hear the the idea that some some bands or some people they want to stay sort of in that center line, which oh, I guess yeah. you know, you know, to each their own. I'm not judging it. If you're a person that's listening to that this right now and you're like that, I'm not judging you. But right. um, they they feel as though they don't want to alienate anybody or put out an opinion or a thought that might, you know, yeah, sort of like they take it into account more as like, they don't want to lose their like a fan, yeah. you know, as opposed to not really caring about that at all. Is that, is that something like, do you guys just not like, okay, if you put out an opinion or in support of somebody and somebody disagrees with that and they say, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to listen to Dogleg anymore. Is that something that you even really care about at all? Like, 
No, I, I really don't give a skin off my dick. Yeah, I really don't give a fuck. Like, like if I say something that I know is right and I know is like deep down, like that's what it is, you know? Like, don't be a fucking racist. Like, yeah, I don't feel bad about people I, who want if to disagree people, with that. Yeah, if like, <laughs> there's a funny story. Um, the game devs that were making uh, Wolfenstein, that classic that classic game where it's like you literally shoot Nazis, they literally put out an ad where they were like, yeah, time for some Nazi killing fun, you know? And people were like replying to that being like, I can't believe you're being so political and shit. It's like, you know what? Like, that's how I feel. Where it's like, if you're going to say something as like... like bro, that was literally the slogan in 1990. Exactly. If you're going to say if you're gonna say something as so fucking obviously like, like truthful as like, fuck Nazis, and somebody's gonna be like, I'm not gonna listen to dog like, alright, fuck <laughs> you then, I don't care, you know? Totally indifferent. I, 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 like, I do not care. Yeah, it's not, it's, <laughs> it, it, and I, I just think that kind of mentality is like, just really stupid. Like, if you're just gonna be like, arguing that type of shit, it's like, not fuck you, you know? Come on. Yeah. Real here. <laughs> I think that's that's a really good way to look at it because yeah there are more important things in the world than people liking your band over superficial reasons like like you say something like you know don't be a racist or fuck nazis or something like that yeah yeah like like i like i'd get hung up on people not liking my band for like super trivial reasons but it's like if you just if you don't like us because we like because we decide to stand up for something like okay fuck you then like i don't care like i'd be more pressed if you don't like us because like you don't like the music you know it's like like if you don't like us because you don't like our political views or whatever like i i couldn't man i couldn't care less last thing i care about (laughs) nice well all right well i'm not gonna drill too much into that just uh yeah just because i feel like what you guys said was pretty good and i don't want to add or take away from any of that uh oh yeah for sure um now I do want to talk about uh, Triple Crown a little bit. Sure. First off, um, when you when uh, when you're being approached by Triple Crown or whatever or any other labels that may have approached you, what wh- what did that feel like? But what sort of mentality did you go into that with? Like, were you getting advice from other bands? Were you you know taking it taking your time with figuring all that out? Like, what what? What was sort of going through your heads when you were like, "Oh wow, there's a, there, we're having some interest from other areas," you know? Yeah. So um, before Triple Crown, we had a huge list of uh, potential like labels that we were just sending it to. Got no's from pretty much everybody. <laughs> like like any like big name label that you can think of or like label that's like relatively big in the scene we've sent it to and they've either not replied or sent us a no. So, and, and that includes triple crown. Like when we sent them a like email, we didn't really get anything back for a little while. We were like, all right, they're kind of out of the picture right now. We're just going to see what we're going to do going forward. So then we um, got a text uh, I got a text from our friend Alex in the band shortly, who is in Triple Crown. And she said like, Hey, I showed your stuff to Fred. And I was like, cool. Okay. And that was kind of the end of it. You know, like that was like the first sign of like, Oh, you know, maybe, you know, and it wasn't even really a maybe it was more just like a, Hey, like, like I did something for you. Cool. Thank you for doing that. 
I don't think that that's like, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to mean anything. Um, but then we sent our music to uh, Jamie Coletta. And this was when she was like transitioning from uh, <coughs> Side One Dummy to uh, her personal firm, which is No Earbuds. And mm-hmm. we were sending it to her being like, hey, if Side One Dummy wants to release us, that'd be cool. Um, and she's like, I'm actually leaving Side One Dummy, but I fucking love your music very, very much. And I totally want to help you guys. So that was a cool email to get back. We were like, oh, shit. All right. We got somebody that is interested. Um, and she's like, I'm going to send it a couple places, see what happens. Um, she sent a video of us playing uh, Bloodfest, not the most recent one, but the, um, the year before to Fred and Fred was apparently like, holy shit, like, who are these guys? And then we got a phone call with him and it was all just like base level stuff, basically being like, oh, it seems like he's interested, like asking us questions like, what, what do you guys think about touring? Are you guys comfortable with doing a lot of touring, et cetera, et cetera. And we're like, yeah, like we're, (laughs) we're ready to go. We're, we're willing to do anything. We'll put in the work. Um, so from there, we were just like, holy shit. Like, it was, it was kind of out of nowhere that we got an email from Jamie that said, hey, Fred's interested. We're going to get you a phone call. And we're just like, holy shit. All right. <laughs> Sounds cool. So, yeah, after that, it was just kind of the process of like, all right, we have the record. We probably need to do a remix before we put it out. We're going to spend some time on that, finalizing that, and then um once that was all done we're like all right we're gonna get the announce ready and then we're gonna make this happen and it was like wow it was crazy (laughs) we we had like a tiny little tour where we came out to new york and we played in front of fred for like the first time and that was like fred and like seven other people that was like a it was like a few years ago now but um he dug it it was cool it was like things were set in motion. So yeah, we were all just like really excited, but it was just really like, what the fuck, this is actually happening type of feelings that were just going on right there when that whole era was happening. Do you think that feeling will ever stop? Like (laughs) no matter how far you guys make it with Dogleg, like, do you kind of always just want to have that feeling? Do you feel like you'll just be chasing that the rest of this time? I mean, I, I think like, Uh, I think at least with the uniqueness of this situation and how we haven't even been able to play, it's been just kind of like a what the fuck, but in the other direction. (laughs) So I feel like having that kind of energy of just like a hell yeah, let's do this. Like, like um, I think that like once shows open up and we can play shows, that's going to be a whole new experience of what the fuck, because we're going to be able to see all the people that care and be able to see like all right how how are we gonna how are we gonna play live now like like what's that gonna be like what like we don't know so i feel like it just kind of is going up right now and i'm not sure i'm not sure where where we're gonna go next like i don't i don't i don't know especially without knowing if we can play shows right now so (laughs) that that sort of creates some some kind of thrill though i would imagine not the not knowing because I mean, just in the this time that you guys have been a band, I mean, look at the progress you've made, and and the right. the not knowing is 
sort of in a in a weird way kind of beautiful because even if you don't know you still have this opportunity to sort of make it happen yeah you kind of use the chaos to your advantage mm. a little bit which is what we do live anyway so it's like eh, kind of transitioning it to different places now do you feel like what do you feel as though like you know, being being on Triple Crown, what sort of doors do you think that has opened for you guys so far? Obviously, you know, it's put your music into the ears of more people and gotten you a little more, um, you know, presence out there within the scene. But what, what sort of doors have you seen it open for you otherwise? Um, uh, I'd say like, like being able to kind of connect with bands that are like already established that's pretty, that's pretty cool. And being able to like see them kind of like at work. And that's something that um, uh, Fred was kind of like telling us about was like, you're going to be able to see these bands who have been doing it for years and you're going to learn from them and learn like, all right, here's how, here's how you play better. Here's how you can like perform better. And it's like, all right, yeah, it's kind of cool. So like, like we see kind of like the, the senior bands and we're just like, all right, like, it's it's a cool experience that not everybody really gets to say they've had because they don't like not everybody's touring and playing with these bands and seeing them up close so it's like oh you know you get a new like interesting perspective on that nice um well i think all right so i'm gonna do a little bit of a lightning round i feel like we can right. we're gonna wind down a little bit here now when I say lightning round, I, it's usually just I'm coming up with questions. Either I kind of had them pop into my head throughout the course of the uh, this podcast, or uh, they just sort of pop up into my head. So okay. and the questions themselves tend to have long form answers. So don't don't okay. feel like you have to keep it short. It really is doesn't matter at all. For sure. Um, so I'll start with an easy one. What What's your guys' favorite dog leg song? Oh, geez. <laughs> uh... Like collectively or like individually? It could be either way. Oh man. I mean, I love them all. You know, like, like um, I always say, it's like trying to pick a kid, and it's like you love them all. And my then, favorite's wrist. And then Chase says, "There's always the favorite kid." So. Yeah, my my favorite's wrist. <laughs> yeah. Whether you whether you want to admit it or not, you have a favorite kid. And mine's Bueno. Yeah. Uh, I would say. Uh, I would say head first is kind of up there. Ender's definitely up there too. Um, Fox is definitely up there. That's like my top three, I would say. Nice. And a follow-up, I guess. Uh, how often do you guys listen to your own music? And this isn't like a judgment question. Oh, I'm man. just genuinely curious. Um, honestly, like since the record came out, I haven't. <laughs> I really, I really haven't. I watch videos of us playing all yeah. the time yeah. just to see if I can like, yeah. if I made any mistakes and how I can improve that. You know what I mean? I watch <laughs> videos that I've already watched of like me and us playing like all the time. Just, it's just a way of uh, self-critique, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just get, I get curious about that. Cause I've talked to some people who listen to their music uh, just more than you would imagine. Somewhat, right. not, even, not even because it's really a bad thing. It's just they genuinely like it. I think I think yeah. it's important if people like the songs they write, you know, not to feel some some sort of embarrassment that might come with listening oh, yeah. to your own music. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel I feel like when it comes time to like really get into writing, I'll definitely listen back just to see like, all right, here's where we were, 
and just kind of get a sense of like the like um <laughs> the preceding thing to what we're going to be making so it's like okay we, we have kind of a reference point uh and every so often i'm like all right i'm nostalgic let's listen to the really really old stuff and see what that used to sound like and then just kind of go back but it's not super often I, i'm usually just trying to listen to different stuff as much as possible now one now i'll i'll ask this question but then i'm gonna get up for a second because i need to plug in my computer it's about to die That's so right. I'll, I'll i'll ask you this what are some of your favorite cities to play when you're out on the road how about la was cool la was cool that was cool uh portland portland was cool seattle was seattle. cool Old, uh, California in general was pretty cool. Atlanta was cool. Uh, yeah, Atlanta was cool. Atlanta was cool. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh. We always love Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, good times in Pittsburgh. Got a lot of friends there. Yeah. Uh, where, Pittsburgh. where have you guys played in Pittsburgh? Uh, we played Cafe Verona. We played Glove World Whoa. slash Bossing Say, like that house. Um, Roboto. Yeah, we played Mr. the Roboto. Roboto. Nice. nice. I, I love that place. Did you guys ever go to SPAC Brothers? Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. We went nice. there. We went to yeah. um, uh, Las Palmas, the taco place. Hmm. Super, super good. Awesome. Tacos. One of our favorite. Hell yeah. Well, that, that'll be my next one. What are your favorite, aside from those two that you just listed? I mean, or we could just say that again, too. Uh, what are some of your favorite places to eat on the road? We got, we went to this place in, uh, I think it was in, uh, it was either in Tampa or it was in oh, uh, Orlando, but the Bow place, King yeah. Bow. That yeah. place was awesome. That's pretty cool. I think it was in Orlando. Um, got some pretty dang tacos at this place in Chicago. Yep. Uh, when we were in, uh, where were we? We were in Pittsburgh and they had like, like, uh, the best Philly cheesesteak or whatever I think is how it went and I think it's out of business now or it was closed last time we went there I forget the fuck was it Jim's or something I don't, I don't think so cheesesteak was good that's all I gotta say um the taco place uh Las Palmas that place slams mm -hmm. um I'm trying to think of uh fucking uh west coast stuff um uh there's a place in Seattle called Dick's Dick's Burgers. Yeah. You get a bag of Dick's. They, bag when of we dicks were, 99 cents. When we were there, it was like 15 cent burger day or something or burger oh, wow. like weekend because they were like, oh, you know, it's the 1950s again. You can get your burgers for 15 cents. And we were like, holy shit. What? Wow. <laughs> what the fuck? Right place, right Hold time. On. Yeah. It was very weird. <laughs> um, what okay well you guys talked about the philly cheesesteak and it made me think of this how have you ever heard someone that's actually from philadelphia that said that they enjoyed a philly cheesesteak from philadelphia uh, not, i don't know very many not really i mean isn't it because you guys said that and i thought about it and i was like i've only ever heard people talk about good philly cheesesteaks they've had outside of philadelphia i've never heard anybody uh, actually say they had one in philadelphia thanks you know me either that's fair you know yeah, that yeah, that's sort of irrelevant. But I just it, that that was a thought that crossed into my mind. I thought it was interesting. interesting. Fact I, fe I feel like it's like 
if you're from a place that's known for something and you're constantly being told about how good that thing is, like, <laughs> all right, let's talk about something else, you know? Like, oh, Michigan, cars. You love cars? It's like, all right. Like, that's kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care, you know? A lot of plants are closed. Yeah, it's probably in the same vein as like people from Chicago really don't give a fuck about deep dish pizza. Yeah, yep. I think Chicago style pizza is nasty. Yep, yep. Or, we 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 prefer Detroit style pizza for damn sure. That's see, a real deep dish. My only experience eating pizza in Chicago, I remember uh, the one of the bands we were playing with took us to this pizza place somewhere. I can't I can't think of the name, but I remember the slice was bigger than my face, and yeah. the guy that served it to me was very mean just like yeah. really mean. And it felt like this weird, like, oh, I'm getting this Chicago experience right now. I'm getting yeah, a huge yeah, yeah. piece of pizza from this asshole. <laughs> mean asshole. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's, it's fun having those, those little experiences. Um, sheets or Wawa? Sheets. sheets. All oh, day. Hell yeah. Day, Easy clap, dude. <laughs> No, I love hearing you guys say that because I, I I think the same. I think sheets uh, is a little bit better. So dank. I I had uh, Scott Nelson from Secret Grief on oh, yeah. the podcast once, and uh, I asked him the same thing, and he made an interesting point that I hadn't really considered before. Um, that it's it, what it depends on is which one you have first. Like, which I hadn't really considered, but I did have sheets first. Uh, so did I, I yeah. We had and sheets I, first too. I think that might have been what did it for me because I mean, virtually they're kind of the same thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't like Wawa as much for some reason. I don't, I yeah. Mean, I think Wawa, I just don't really like sub that much in comparison to like chicken sandwiches or whatever. Mm. So I, think that that's, I think that that's just better. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, if you guys had to put a bill together, of just Michigan bands. And I ask this, saying this in advance so that if you don't hear your name on these <laughs> and you're in a band from Michigan, it is not to say that you wouldn't be wanted. <laughs> I'm just gonna put a limit at four bands. Okay, deal. And uh, in whatever venue, I'll let you guys pick the venue and the four bands, not including Dogleg. Okay, all right. So no Dogleg on this bill? No Dogleg on this bill. Your, your dream Michigan bill. Okay, we'll say five bands and dog bands the fifth band. How about All right, that? Man. Let's go. Um, I mean, Bear vs. Shark would be at the top. I do want to see them. I love. Yeah, would they go first play. though? Would they go first? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that when I asked you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let's let's do it that way. Go from opener yeah, to. Let's consider order of operations. Okay. Okay. Here. Order. Okay. Okay. Um, what if we just yeah. had Mover Shaker go first? Yeah. They're, they're some of our best friends. Yeah. In the music scene, at least. R.I.P. also. Yeah. As they yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was a sad one to see. Yeah, that was pretty sad. Yeah. They, um, we we love playing with them. Yeah. I'd say Mover Shaker or Greet Death would be that yeah. first slot. Yeah. Because yeah, it would yeah. be like the designated friends. Yeah, slot. and then whoever doesn't play first plays second. Like it would be Mover Shaker, Greet Death, or Sea Home, or or Parkway, or some like yeah. some friend band. That would be the first slot. And second slot would be like a higher tier, like mm. like uh, shit. The White Stripes. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Jacob, no. Yeah. Jacob. 
Jack White. Nah, 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 nah. It doesn't have to be the White Stripes. <laughs> Jack White. Um, Man's insane. Yeah, uh, Man's a whack job. Um, hmm. What are you looking at me like that for? I don't know. Uh, I, re- I really like the band Death. Ooh, I mean, you know, the punk Death, band Death. Yeah. They're really sick. I'd put them on the bill. They're really old. They're really old, but they still rock. So that's kind of sick. Um, shit. I mean, Bear vs. Shark has to be on there. Either, yeah. Either as a headliner yeah, or as like a like second band. I don't know. I, I, uh, come on, give me one more. The White uh, Stripes. <laughs> the Von Bondies. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the fun buddies? They're the White Stripes, uh, um, that band that was like, like you know, um, Jack Black, Jack White, beat the Black sh- White. Jack White beat up the Von Bonny singer, who's another Detroit band, the Von Bonnies. Are the Rackin' Tours from Detroit? Or are they no, Chicago? No, they're just a, they're just a super group. They're just a super group. Um, that band's pretty cool. The like MC5 the are sick, but they're old and they don't exist. They're from the seventies. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Bear Shark, Jack White, Death, <laughs> Death, and then a friend band, and then us. That's our lineup. Nice. Yeah, I as you guys were discussing it, I was like, this is actually a harder question than what I had anticipated. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think of my own as well, and I, I'm, yeah, it's it's tough to just limit Smart, it. Dude. Before. Smokey Robinson. What Smokey <laughs> Man, Robinson? What are you talking about? Oh, Classic uh, Motown band. Also, we'll put them in. Hey, the Dude, go get them. <laughs> go get them. <laughs> All right. So the last one, I think I'm going to ask for this lightning round. What has been a memory that you've made? Um, and we'll do this one individually. Uh, that you've made in dogleg or during your time as dogleg that just sort of sticks out for you guys damn um mm. that's a thinker <laughs> jacob you go first why, why do I have to go? you have the least amount of dogleg memories because you're the youngest man uh i still got a lot of memories dude yeah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's not the best lightning round question. I think going, I think going to the Jersey Shore. Yeah, and it, when we were in Jersey, that's definitely a good when we we're on tour with Worst Party Ever. That was awesome. Yeah, that was all. We were just I think that on the beach. That yeah. whole Worst Party Ever tour is definitely a very good. That movie. was such a rad tour. Yeah, because that that was like stayed with my uncle in New York. We were like like every moment was just kind of like really cool. Yeah, and really sick. fun and definitely. Lots yeah, we of, clicked with them like we clicked with them like instantly. Yeah, awesome. like just friends for life, right there for yeah, sure. Oh yeah. Um, How often does that happen for you guys that you just sort of play with a band and you you click with them, even uh, whether or not you're on tour with them? I guess like what? How how often do you find that happens? I don't think we've really ever played yeah. with a band and it kind of went badly. I never. I, I don't. I think I like to think of myself as easy to get along with. You know what I mean? I yeah. haven't really felt like you know, there's yeah. people who just outright just disliked us. That yeah, we I play shows with. You know what I, I mean? I feel like we we may come off as like ferocious like live, but like we we try to be as friendly as possible. 
in real life <laughs> when we were off the stage because like we we mean no ill will towards anybody. We're just trying to we're just intense performance. We're just trying to chill and have fun, play some music. Yeah, that was sort of the answer I expected. Just because it's I feel like it's pretty rare like that you meet a band out any yeah. especially around here. I don't know if I've ever really met or played with a band where I've been like that ah, wasn't really fun. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that there's some bands that exist that are, like, just known to be, like, rude towards people, but, like, I've never it's met not any. not fun to play shows with. Yeah, but I've never met any, you know? So that's that's good. All right, well, I'm going to ask you guys one more, and then I'm going to have you plug some stuff, and then I have the last question that we ask. So Sounds good. here's uh, one more question. Uh, what 2021, what would you like to see happen for Dogleg? Shows. Yeah, shows, <laughs> performances, performances, tours, something, tours, please, something, God, please, something. God. <laughs> so I just want to feel something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, where can people listen to Dogleg and uh, follow you Spotify, on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, uh, other uh, play, Google Play uh, Music, YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, anywhere that music you can videos on YouTube go on the internet. We yeah yeah There's basically all. There basic streaming services you can find dog like yep. music we're there nice and it's uh it's dog like band right uh on instagram it's dog like band on twitter it's leg underscore dog okay um and then everywhere else like spotify whatever just search dog leg, you'll find it yeah nice all right so the last question that i ask is more uh for the guests um when 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 you answer this this is going to be uh some advice that you can give to yourselves so that if you ever listen back on this however long from now you can hear it and it might be something that you'll you'll need to hear in the future okay hey drink water please drink some water you didn't have any water today that's my advice to my future My advice to my future self is um, slow down. <laughs> slow the fuck down. Slow down, bud. My advice is ball out. Yeah. I loved all of that. That was great. I think that I liked all of it because it's those are three things that are very important to hear regardless. Yeah. Uh, especially the drink water. I feel like people don't take into it. I've had two bottles of water since we started this. Yeah, I, I am running on one cup of coffee. I need water immediately. Well, hell yeah. Thanks for doing this, you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you for so having much. us on the podcast. No problem. Hell yeah.